Perhaps you're wondering why they would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> we back, baby. Ash and Zach are super smart. They went to college and learned a bunch of stuff. And Bo and Andrew didn't go to college because that's the way life goes sometimes. What happens when you put them together and you try to make them learn? Grab your friends. Let's listen together on Get Dumped On and Info Dump Podcast. Welcome to Get Dumped On and Info Dump Podcast. This is the podcast where four friends get together and we take turns dumping our special interest knowledge on the other. I am Ash. I am joined here getting dumped on today with me are Zach and Bo. Say hey, Zach and Bo. Hey, I'm Bo. I'm Justin's replacement. Hey, I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm the founder of the podcast. The what? founder? No, you're not. Yeah, the, the founder. <laughs> I'm pretty the sure it one. was like mine and this, Bo's this idea. My, yeah, it was my, I'm the owner like, of the podcast. It was a collective idea between all of us. Yeah, no. Wow, was... we're already starting to riff now. Okay, cool. Also, really quick, shout out to Justin, too. Just Thanks for filling in, Justin. You're friend of the great guy and we love you, you. come back anytime good as me but next mm-hmm. best thing next big thing big dog yeah I'm, sure I'm, very, all the time, I'm very happy Justin. to see bo back uh, or, yeah, or to hear i'm ready bo to talk back. about I'm, pirates and vikings and i'm a bunch of nerd shit because i'm a fucking nerd like justin <laughs> well andrew why don't you tell us what we're going to be getting dumped on today about it's one of our rare elusive upper deckers from andrew the man himself hit it hello as always, must start it off the right way. I'm closing Open my mouth. your mouth, bitches. It's closed. It's, it's time firmly to get closed. Done upper oh. Decker style. Oh, God, it's everywhere. <laughs> I've got a funnel this time. Welcome back. Bob. Oh God. So this one, it, I, I was planning. I was planning a different dump, and then I somehow got roped into this one. And I, I, I don't want to tell you. Okay. Because it's I, the it's the other dump the that I was preparing was so vastly different than this one it makes no sense how i got roped into this other one but those are really the best ones are the ones where it's like you get organically interested in something like it just kind of comes up while you're doing some other research i feel like some of my best episodes have been the ones where i just go down a little rabbit hole while i'm researching something else yeah so i wasn't even researching this and then for some reason it popped in my head and i was like oh yeah that would be cool to talk about and then i I, it's a story that i knew very cliff notes about but I didn't know the whole thing. So today we're going to be talking about D.B. Cooper. Oh, D.B. Mm. Cooper. Uh, Classic. D.B. Coops. I love this guy. So, Bo, do you know about D.B. Cooper? Yeah, the guy who robbed and jumped out of a plane. Yes, everyone knows yeah. that story. Do you know the after, including everything up to today? I think something found in Mexico, use a stump body devil, something like that, all the conspiracy shit with D.B. Cooper. I have no idea what you just said, but... yeah. N- n- no, really. Oh. <laughs> so everyone knows the story of D.B. Cooper, of that thing that happened. Mm. But everything after the fact is really what roped me in. Okay. Let's, let's hit me. I don't think it's that I know nuts. everything that happened up till now. Everything I know about D.B. Cooper is I just I watched one episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved about it. And that's, that's literally the entirety of my knowledge about D.B. Cooper. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Ash, what about you? basically the same i kind of knew about db cooper and i looked into it myself before the buzzfeed episode but that's what i remember the most so to fill everyone else in for some reason if you don't know about db cooper on november 24th 1971 is the day before thanksgiving that's the year i was born (laughs) no it's not because it was over 50 years ago (laughs) 
sacky old bitch. It just passed the the 50 year anniversary of it. Like it's 52 years now. Yeah, a guy named Dan Cooper goes into the Portland airport and buys a twenty dollar one way ticket from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington. Wow! And What's I li- literally money? put in my notes. It literally in my notes, the next line says, "Break for talks about money." So go. <laughs> Honestly, what is how much what, is that? Uh, what is, is in that? today's money? I'm, it's one hundred fifty dollars. Oh, are you for okay. serious? It's one hundred and fifty dollars. Could you imagine getting a ticket on a plane for one hundred and fifty dollars? Granted, it's a puddle jump. It's a, like a 30-minute flight. Still. And uh, well, I mean, sure. back in those days, you could just buy a ticket, go anywhere. You barely even had to have an ID. And you Dude, could smoke on a plane. You could smoke on planes. I, I looked up what security was like back then for there planes. Wasn't any, and right? the answer was none. There, yeah. You just walked in. Yeah, it's, just walked in, walked on the plane. Living the dream. 9-11 changed everything. Okay, so... <laughs> I mean, it did. He, he, I'm gonna, I, let's, we'll circle back on this because there's a point I want to make, but I need to tell you about this story first before I start making my point. Can I say Ashley, really quickly, say? how much cooler is D.B. Cooper than Dan Cooper? Right? It's that, it's that so initial much that, really, that really makes him sound like... So mysterious. Yeah. It's what so is, mysterious. What, is the, what does the B sound for, though? Brown. Dan. Hold up on that. Hold it's up Dan on Brown. Hold up on that. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop. Shut the fuck up. So Make me. so uh yeah he gets on the plane he has a dark briefcase he has a paper bag and before before the plane took off he ordered a bourbon and soda that apparently he quickly spilled (laughs) and did not get to drink doofus is it me (laughs) but once the plane is how many had he already had before getting on the plane that's the question (laughs) i don't know bourbon and soda though that's a that's a hefty drink that's a drink and a half that's the oh, drink like of a man who knows what he wants. I like what? Do you like a bourbon and soda? I know you like a, like oh, a ginger a, ale. I'm a, give me some ginger ale, some whiskey. I'm good. But it, you can mix anything because a bourbon and soda sounds good. You know, I'm I was going to say, if, if you were going to rob or, or if you're going to do a heist in this scenario, mm-hmm. what, what, what's the drink you would order? Oh, I'm going to get me my whiskey and my ginger ale. I'm going to sit there. Is that what get it a is? slice of lemon. Is it? I'll sit there. Yeah. That's your go-to. I love a whiskey ginger. What, so good. I was going to say, what, what about you, Ash? What about you, Zach? What are you, guys, what you, what are you drinking mean, when you're about to heist? I wouldn't drink anything because I don't want my DNA to be left behind. Although if this is the 60s and it's before DNA. Oh, yeah. This is before DNA. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody got DNA it. yet. Can I change my answer? Yeah. yeah it's a four loco, the original. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, give me a four loco, honey. And she's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was going to ah, say, I would... future drink. It's mixed coffee and alcohol. It really gets the heart pumping. I was going to say, I would probably drink a Moscow mule first so that I could bean somebody with the uh, copper mug. Oh, so you, you're, are, you're mug. already expecting violence in the scenario. Well, yeah. you know, stuff gets hairy. I, you should yeah. keep the mug and then use it as an improvised weapon later. Exactly. That's I, what I'm talking I was about. On a, I was on a plane recently and um, I had to get a Jack and Ginger. Because that was the only Ooh. thing that they had, but it was good. I liked it. it it's good. I, I'm I'm good with any whiskey ginger, but it has to be really Irish whiskey. Well, Almost you you got to have burn. a ginger ale on the plane. Like no, I always I get I the ginger ale on the plane. I always I always get ginger ale. Is that a rule? I've never I, had a ginger ale. I always ale on the get plane. a ginger ale. I like Zach has a soft tummy. He needs his ginger ale. I like never drink ginger ale like when I'm on land, but if I'm on a plane, <laughs> it's like it's time for ginger ale. What same, about on sea? with me, babe. Yeah. If you're on the ocean, are you drinking ginger ale? Never sure, had a ginger ale, let's see. He's, he's drinking salt. I mean, honestly, I don't remember the last time I was on a boat. Margaritas. But, um, Margaritas, that's what now, he's drinking. 
Yeah, that does sound pretty nice. The last time I was on a boat, I was doing keg stands, I think. I was like 24. When was that? Was that really the last time I was on a boat? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> anyway, this man orders his drink, spills it all over himself. Not all over himself. He just apparently spilled it and he didn't get a chance oh. to drink it, which Did I think is sad. That was a ruse? Probably. I don't think so. I don't think he it was a, a ruse. He took a whiskey drink. He took a vodka drink. But that's, that's again, back <laughs> in the day, you drink. could order a drink before the plane takes <laughs> off. Because uh, they didn't care about, you know, tray tables and whatnot. So we could do that in first class these days. So the plane finally gets in the air and they're still to the point where flight attendants are not working around or walking around yet. He's in the far back row in the far back right side of the 727. Behind him is seated a flight attendant in the jump seat. He hands her a note. She immediately puts it in her purse, does not read it. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. She thought that she, 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 she. just the idea of this this steward is being like, what the hell? Okay, she's like, thank you. Like this was a like time where you know, you like air air uh, air stewardesses and flight attendants they were really like heavily sexualized in the seventies. They were like, ooh, come fly with us. Like yeah. Yeah. Short, yeah. So I assume that's like the four hundredth note she got that day. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, honey. So she was just like, whatever, and she threw it in a person. Want to join the Mile High Club? Yeah. And so she threw it in her purse and then he, he noticed it and he's like, oh, fuck. He turns around and, and, and says to her softly, what he said to her was, miss, you better look at that note. I have a bomb. Oh, which it's like, would she have read the note if he didn't tell her that he had a bomb? Probably not. She probably, probably would have like landed and then read it later. She's like, when she okay, got home. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely read that note. Can you imagine trying to do a heist and they just don't pay attention to you? Like you're I at saw... a bank and you've got a gun and there no, you just can't Dude, get anybody I to notice. I literally saw a TikTok about Ash that. was telling me. Yeah, Ash was just telling me about that. You saw a TikTok of somebody tried to rob a store. I and think like, it was a nail salon, and he walked in yeah. and was like, "Give me all your fucking money. Get on the ground. Put it in the bag." And everyone just looked at him like, "What?" And then he just turned no. around and walked away. Yeah, that's the best way. That's if, if someone tries to rob you, the, statistically, they're probably not going to shoot you. So if you just, you know, take the chance on that one. Yeah. They, they didn't even them. say, they, yeah, they didn't even say no, like, we're not giving you our money. They just all literally sat there and stared at him until he left. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that so much. So, uh, yeah, eventually she opened the note, says, Miss, I have a bomb in my briefcase. I want you to sit by me. So she did. She sat by him. He pulled out the briefcase. He opened it up. He showed it to her. And she said that she saw a, a cylindrical thing with four red things around it, which she assumed was uh, dynamite and had a bunch of wires and shit inside of it. Mm. He closed the briefcase after that. He sat calmly with her and he said, I want you to write down my demands. She wrote down the note with Cooper's demands and she brought it to the cockpit. She informed the captain, the flight crew, everybody about the situation. He told her, the captain told her to stay in the cockpit and take notes as the rest of the flight unfolded. They then contacted, you know, the ground. We're like, hey, this guy is trying to extort us. Now, the perfect time to point this out. This apparently is not the first time this has happened. It's happened a bunch of times up to this point. <laughs> For some reason, sky piracy was huge. And <laughs> sky either, piracy. It's, that's literally what it was called. It's fucking crazy. And people would do it all the time, either for political reasons or trying to like elevate themselves as like, you know, a, 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 you know like Machine Gun Kelly or, or you know, a, a famous asshole, essentially. A famous crime person. <laughs> criminal. That, these happened all the time. But what would your sky pirate name be? Yes, oh, I would like to know um, this. What was the fake name you would give in this scenario? Like when you're buying a $20 ticket. Bo. 
It's like it's like a Family Guy. He's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "P Tier Griffin." Yeah, Peter Griffin. Oh, damn it! I got nothing. I'm putting a spot. We all know that Bo would choke under the pressure and give his full name and social security. Like they didn't even need social security, but he's like, "There you go." You want to see my copy of my driver's license, birth certificate too? What about you, Ash? What would your fake name be? I want to be Sarah Connor. Oh, <laughs> like, I like from it. Terminator. Yup. People love a reference. Yeah. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover that a little bit later. What about you, Zach? Uh, Davy B. Robinia. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic. I love it. <laughs> Mr. Robinia. Was <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that Dutch? <laughs> He he gave her the demands and then he, they took it. So what he requested was two hundred thousand dollars of negligible American currency. What, in is, a what does negligible small American bills? currency be? Small bills. Okay. In in a backpack, or he called it a knapsack, by five p.m. So the plane took off at like three o'clock. Now was knapsack a word that people in the past in the sixties used, or was he like Canadian? So knapsack was a word that they used. And I actually had to look it up just to be sure, because I was like, that's a weird way. But that's what it used to be called was a knapsack back in the day. I'm not sure when the transition from backpack or knapsack to backpack happened, but it happened sometime in, our, in the last 50 years. So he also wanted two front parachutes, two back parachutes, and he, again, wanted the money in $20 bills. So he requested all the parachutes. I think that's a really smart move, because if you just request one single parachute, they know you're going to try and use it. Give him the broken one. I think in, yeah, exactly. I think in this scenario, he ordered four, ordered, he requested four. He maybe may, wanted them to think that he was taking hostages with him. Mm. So they couldn't give him any broken ones or, or like fucked up ones, which I think is really smart. Or he was personally. just like, I'm going to get four just in case they're broken. It's because I'm not going to die jumping out of this plane. He straps all of them to his body. So he, he got that. They landed in, oh, yeah, so the craziest part about this, in my opinion, like, the, the, of all things that happened in this story, this is one of the craziest things, is that as soon as that happened, they said, okay, well, we're going to land in Seattle to get you your stuff, so they're, they're still going to their location. They told everyone on the plane that there was an issue with the engine, and they needed everyone to move to the front seats of the plane, except for him. Hmm. Obviously, he's sitting in the far back. So they're like, oh, yeah, there's not, like, we're not in any danger, but... Can everyone just move to the front of the plane um, and we're going to circle around and wait till it's safe to land? So they flew around the air for two hours above Seattle while they were trying to get the guy's stuff. Where was their original destination? Seattle. They were oh, going okay. to the, the right place. They, they landed right. in, in the right place because it was just a puddle jump plane. Yeah, yeah. So there was 43 people on the plane, uh, including like the sky, you know, crew. So they fly around for two hours. They land. The flight attendant runs off, grabs the money, grabs the parachutes. Brings him back on, and he made sure to say, like, obviously, don't send anybody else up here, or else I'm going to blow this motherfucker up. I, thought, I don't know thing, why but... I thought you were going to say he made sure to say please and thank you. <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, so the, the flight attendant that sat with him the entire plane, like, she said that he was really nice. Like, he was completely respectful. He didn't use any bad words. He was dressed really nicely. He was dressed in a suit. And she's like, he was just a nice person. And he even said, like, as they were flying through the sky, he would look out the window and be like, oh, that looks like Tacoma. Or like, that's, he was just being a nice person. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he had any malicious, you know, stuff for anybody else on the plane. Except he for was the just trying to get lap. some money. He was, just, he was literally just him. getting money. So, yeah, he said, no funny stuff or I'll blow this motherfucker up. That's pretty much the only mean thing that he said. 
did but we, he also didn't say motherfucker. Did we already cover this? Why was there so much money on the plane? What? No, he, so they landed, they, they, they flew around Seattle for two hours so they could oh, right, get the right, money right. figured out. I zoned, I must have zoned it. I, I'm sorry, I'm stupid. That's fine. It happens. So they, they, they land, he sends the flight attendant out who gets the money and the, uh, the parachutes, brings him back onto the plane, and then the passengers get off. They walk off, they walk into the airport, and they are swarmed with FBI agents and reporters, and they have no fucking idea why. Like, well, that engine trouble must have been crazy. The people on the plane had no idea this was fucking happening. And they didn't know until after they were off of the plane, which bravo. Wow. If, you, if you can pull a heist in a metal tube in the sky and only have three people know that it's happening, fucking bravo. That's like wet work. You know, that's, that's, some, uh, that's some real stealthy fucking Sam Fisher shit right there. Yeah. yeah they, that's, that's really, I love that part of the story is there just no one knew. Like they all got crew, on the plane, they're like, "What?" <laughs> it was really good under pressure as well to not like yeah, let the, anything the, slip. The crew, like, mm-hmm. he kept his cool, so then they kept their cool, and everyone was none the wiser. Nobody got hurt. Bravo on that that front. He requested that they refuel the plane, and he said that he wanted to go to Mexico. They said that his uh, the next place would be Mexico City. However, the pilot was like, "Hey, man." This is at seven twenty seven. I that's <laughs> I can't go that I can't go that far. This plane can take you to Idaho. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I can make it to Reno before we need to refuel. And Cooper was like, yeah, that's totally cool. Let's do that. They start flying. He requested some very specific things, that they stay below 10,000 feet, that they go as slow as possible, uh, 115 miles an hour, and a maximum of 10,000 foot altitude, which the pilots had no idea that that was possible. They thought that that was too slow and that was too low. And he straight up said, it can be done. Uh-huh. So he knew a lot about planes. He also requested that the flaps were down on the wings. I don't know why that was a thing, but yeah, again, he requested it. Keeps it slow. Maybe. And the cabin must remain unpressurized. And also the, the landing gear must have stayed down as well. Do you think that he actually knew anything about planes or was he just really confident? Like, is he the exact example of like, if you're wearing a suit and holding a clipboard, you can get in anywhere? I, you know, in this scenario, I don't think so because he said literally exactly 115 miles an hour, 10,000 foot altitude, wing flaps lowered 15 degrees. He knew exactly what he was doing. And there wasn't Google back then. So he couldn't be like, I watched a YouTube video that says that you can do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and th- literally when they said, like, the, the pilot was like, right, I, don't, I don't think that's possible. And he just said, and I quote, it can be done, do it. Wow. Do it. So they didn't argue with him. They did it. Yeah, again, they took off around 7.40 p.m. Um, the, the Air Force Base nearby, they actually scrambled a couple of uh, uh, jet fighters that followed them in, like, zigzags and above them. So Cooper couldn't see them, which is pretty smart, too. Mm-hmm. I really like that idea. They... We're in the air, and Cooper told the... Oh, yeah, the, he said, the flight attendant can stay back here with me. Everybody else, stay up, up front. The pilot, co-pilot, and navigator were all up front. And the, the flight attendant was back with him. Uh, her name was Mucklow, was her last name. He asked her to lower the staircase at the back of the plane, because that's how you used to enter planes, was at the back, it would lower down right up. Enter through the butt. All right. It, essentially, yeah. <laughs> nice. 
So she told him, she, he's like, hey, can you lower the staircase? And she's like, um, I'm getting fucking sucked out of here. Absolutely not. Like, I'm terrified <laughs> of this. So she asked the crew of the cockpit to retrieve an emergency rope. And then Cooper was like, no, no, you don't need that. It's okay. But she kept saying how scared she was. So eventually he was like, you know what? I got it. I know how to do this. He sent her back to the cockpit and said, you don't need to come back here anymore. Thanks for everything. See you later. Tuts. Something like that. I assume. <laughs> like, get out of here, little scamp. Yeah. So they, he lowers it down. Uh, they, the, the crew at the front heard, or they felt it in their ears that, you know, the, the, the door was open. Cabin, like, super depressurized. The pilot asked the intercom if he needed, uh, went on the intercom and asked Cooper if he needed assistance. And the last message Cooper said was one word. Nope. All right. <laughs> After confident. that, yeah, he was confident. Right around eight thirteen, so they've been in the pl- they've been in the air for you know about a half an hour. The pilots noticed that uh, they they started going the intercom again. They're trying to talk to him. He would not respond. So at that point, dude jumped. He took the money. He took the um, he took the uh, the parachutes. I don't know how many parachutes he ended up taking. They didn't really specify like how many if they left any in the plane with him. But he he requested four. Obviously, he's not going to wear four, right? Right. One on each arm, one on each leg. <laughs> Flies down, <laughs> facing down with like all like like, like, like a at the beginning squirrel. of squirrel. Like, like a quadcopter, but uh, yeah. w- w- with parachutes. The beginning of uh, what's it called? Tears of the Kingdom, where Link is just falling straight down, like face first. Like that's what's, <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah, but but with parachutes. But with parachutes. So yeah, then he was gone, and that's the end of the story. Or is it? Yeah. Or is it? The, the plane ended up landing in Reno. And the cops were like, let's get him. And they were like, he's not here. <laughs> well, so the pilots like popped their head back there because they're like, we haven't heard from him in a while. Because, I mean, he jumped out half hour after they left from Seattle. So mm-hmm. the, roughly over the Portland area, they would have been sort of somewhere around there. Oh, but what if he met a Bigfoot? So oh this, speaking of Bigfoot, this, <laughs> this has actually become a giant piece of lore in the Pacific Northwest. There's ZB Cooper themed bars escape rooms uh there's even something called CooperCon that i found out about <laughs> where a bunch of people meet up in vancouver washington and talk about this whole thing new theories do they wear nice suits stuff. and wear sunglasses and most likely yeah so the flight landed at reno fbi agents state troopers sheriff people reno police they all stormed it and they thought the bomb was still aboard so like the cabin or the, the captain like popped his head out and was like what the fuck he's not here anymore he must have jumped out they did a little 30-minute search. The bomb squad came in completely safe. Oh, he took the bomb with him as well. Bomb was nowhere to be found. That was not a real bomb. That was, that was a Pringles can and some wires. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, once I mean, again. That's the good thing is that a bomb, if, you, if you're like doing something with a bomb, using it to threaten people, it just needs to look like a bomb. Yeah. This is not the first time this has happened. People have been doing this apparently a lot to where they would parachute out of planes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. He's not the first guy to do this, which is nuts to me going back to the conversation of security. There's nothing If this new happens under the sun. If this happened more than once, you should change your th- the way you do stuff. Have like, someone. <laughs> at least someone be like, "We're going to patch it down and make sure that you don't have a bomb before you get on the plane." You Anything. understand? Yeah. Hey man, show me your bag. Like it's yeah, ask people to open, like, just, hey, can you open that briefcase, please? Yeah, just a simple, get, like, scrub, like, um, anything. 
the little the little nope. sticks that security use at um like concerts and, and festivals and stuff to like look inside your bag something something like yeah. that like, if it's happened more than once like essentially the it was a bus stop people would just go up and then the plane would pull up and they'd get on did metal detectors exist back then they 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 may have but they definitely were not anywhere near any airports ever <laughs> if they did exist they did not exist there that's the end of that story next comes like that 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 whole story though that happened 100% that is the lore of db cooper he pulled off one of the coolest heists in history yeah acting cool as cool as cucumber they said that he was you know dressed to the nines he had these sweet sunglasses on this uh all of the sketches of him just make him look like a super cool guy and and how can you not like how can you not how can you not not like this guy he pulled off a heist hurt no one and parachuted out of a fucking plane <laughs> he he did it so well that not even anyone on the plane knew that it happened that's fucking awesome good for him yeah it's super slick pretty slick heist and so he became uh, he became a folk hero immediately everyone was like dude he got away like let him go he didn't let his his rocky start deter him I think a lot of people once spilling uh, the, the flight attendant spilling the, the drink the and then the flight attendant putting the note. the note in the bag. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's not my day to do a heist. <laughs> that could have <laughs> deterred most people, but this guy, he he was ready. Cool he was as a cucumber. Ready. So let's do uh, the first before I get into the investigation area part of it. Uh, what does uh, DB stand for? Three chumps and a dump. Three wrong answers, one correct answer. I think it stands for so. Dassive, okay. he's gonna massive balls. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna give us, you answers. He's giving us options. Did you say massive balls? It's you know, it's me, the massive balls Cooper. I'm here to rob this plane. <laughs> okay, so does it stand for the massive balls Cooper? <laughs> Dan Brown Cooper, Dan Barry Cooper, or nothing? I'm gonna say it stands for nothing. Like Johnny yeah, I think Cash. it stands for nothing. I think it's a it's a nothing. I'm a going name. with the balls one. Well, even if it was a fake name, like did did. Did he give them? No. It's did he give DB. them the name DB Cooper? No. I think it's like how Johnny Cash's birth name is JR. What the hell? My dad's legal middle name is C because my grandma thought it was supposed to be the initial. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty baller, It's like Homer though. J. Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Just call my I dad O.J. Simpson. I no, think Homer that... J. Simpson. Oh. oh. I heard O.J. Simpson. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your dad is O.J. Simpson? <laughs> Your dad was the juice? Do you have a Bronco oh in the garage? God, oh my god! Okay, and he was speaking he, of crime. He, he I was think that DB Cooper is just something that is like a myth, like that, like that just came out of someone, like a journalist or something, who thought it sounded cool. Mm. I don't think it exists. I don't think that DB Cooper actually exists. So his way. ticket said Dan Cooper. He never gave a middle name. So the answer is nothing, because so the they said some someone fucked up somewhere when they were they were reporting on it. And instead of writing Dan Cooper, they wrote D.B. Cooper, and it stuck. Wow. Literally, in no point of him saying this entire heist, he put down Dan Cooper on his ticket. So D.B. Cooper is, the name itself is just from a mistake from a media out- outlet. So, Ash, it. you were 100% correct. Now, Ash. Better go, Ash. Oh, wicked smart. It's a fucking <laughs> wicked smart. The, the FBI themselves said they had no fucking idea where D.B. came from. Cause it, but it sounds cool. Does it sounds cool as fuck. Cool? That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Into the investigation portion of this, 
From the beginning of the investigation, the FBI was extremely skeptical about Cooper's chances and speculate, speculated he did not survive the jump because, um, one, it was at night, pitch black over, you know, forest areas. You probably couldn't even see the ground coming. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty, like a, like a recipe for getting impaled on a tree. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, th- think about it back in the day, too, in the 70s. There wasn't as much light pollution as there is now. That's true. Yeah. But even if you are sky jumping at night over a forest area, even now with light pollution, you can't see shit. If you're falling to this, if you're, fa- you're flying toward the ground as fast as fucking possible, you really won't know how close you are yeah. <laughs> until it actually happens. Did he have goggles? He did have goggles. So oh, he did slap on nice. some sweet goggles right before he jumped off. Again, this guy's cool as a cucumber. But so if you he also did the yeah, research enough to know that you can fly a plane that low and it has to be this specific speed, do you think you could do some math or talk to somebody and be like, okay, so I have to count ten, you know, five seconds and then pull my parachute and like I'll be fine? That's true. And the, his extensive knowledge of the plane, how fast it would go, how low it could go, and how to operate it leads me to believe that this motherfucker knows what he's talking about, not only plane wise, but he probably knew what he was talking about falling wise. Also, wise. he probably had flashlights on the bottom of his shoes. Maybe he could have had like Tony Stark jets down there and didn't even need the parachutes. <laughs> that was yeah, a distraction. Or he could be a fucking alien who knows how to fly. Like we could just say anything. So there's, oh, he was Surprisingly Superman. enough, I did read a theory and that someone said he was an alien, away. but we're, we're gonna stick with we're gonna stick with human um, <laughs> human stuff on this he one. Was human man no alien. So uh, he was wearing loafers, so he wasn't wearing jump boots. He also didn't what, appear to have any survival. Yeah, apparently jump boots are a thing. They're um, like I don't know what they are, but they do help aiding with landing. I assume they like hold your legs up, like kind of like like a like motorcycle boots, so you don't like break your ankles. Mm. oh yeah that makes sense i assume i'm assuming this speculation completely on my part but i assume that's what jump boots are the also the it was pitch black it was raining it was really stormy so there was cloud cover above all of that darkness so even if he got through the clouds those clouds are not very high up and as soon as he got through those clouds ground this motherfucker's dead he's that's crazy but the wind was also going at 172 miles an hour Ooh, wow it was 15 degrees. Ooh. Did you just say that you can run that fast, Bo? I said it's not that fast, but and I can also <laughs> run that fast. I can also run that fast. Shit. I remember yeah, when I was a kid, we went me. to the... What a race me, bitch. I'm fast <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, was, I went to New York City, and we went to the top of the World Trade Center, and I distinctly remember it being, we were allowed to go up on the top, like outside of the top of it, and it was you, so The World Trade Center or the windy. Empire State Building? The World Trade Center. It it was like, from what my understanding, it was not like guaranteed that you'd be able to go out on like the deck. But for whatever reason, the day that we went, we were allowed to go out. But I remember being windy as hell uh, to the point where if you if you like stood, like just stood and jumped straight up into the air, you'd land like four or five feet behind where you started. That's positively horrifying. Right. Well, yeah, it's fucked up. There was like there was like caging around it. Like you wouldn't have to worry about like falling off. That's but it was still, still terrifying. Yeah. That's really still scary. terrifying. Even if there but was like, a cage there, like I'd be like, I'm, I, if it did, for some reason, I'd get picked up into that cage. I'd be the first person for it to fail. Mm-hmm. Bunch of cowards. What's all of you cowards? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> jumping. So uh, yeah, speaking of jumping, so he jumped out. It was 15 degrees, pitch black, 
raining, 172 miles an hour, win- mile an hour winds. He was not dressed for winter. He did have a coat, but not for 15 degrees. And he didn't seem to have any like survival stuff with him. Mm-hmm. He was really. Like if, he, if, if he landed in the middle of the forest, like you, he's wearing loafers. I have a question. Yeah. How much does twenty thousand dollars of twenty dollar bills weigh? Uh, Two hundred thousand, and it's oh, twenty five, twenty five pounds, thirty pounds. Wow, that's heavy. That's kind of heavy. Eh, if you're. A- oh, does DB stand for Dat Bow? Because <laughs> Bo's so confident about. <laughs> jumping out of here comes that bow that bow cooper sealing planes <laughs> <laughs> uh so they they don't know if he had an accomplice to help him escape there was really no evidence of that there, essentially after he left the plane there was no evidence of anything until like years later but we'll talk about that later some people have been reported to say that they did see flares in the sky around the portland area the night and the time of the jump this unverified uh, unconfirmed however it oh would god, make he sense had another bomb on him and it exploded when he was in midair <laughs> oh my god can you imagine he, he wanted everyone to have a show he wanted everyone, everyone <laughs> to have a show but that, that was un, unconfirmed i can't say for certain that that was a thing who knows the fbi might know something that we don't but that some people have said that they did see it the 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 flares in the sky the FBI, though, initially didn't think that Cooper was going to survive because of all the factors in that jump. However, there were, uh, I think, five more robberies that were literally exactly this after him. Copycat robberies. All five of them jumped out of the planes at higher speeds, at higher altitudes, and all five of them survived. Were they at night? I think some of them were at night. Let me double check. But oh, I'm well, pretty they, sure. Well, if that's the case, yeah. then he's probably fine. He's probably, who knows? So the FBI initially was like, this guy's dead. But then after they caught five other guys doing this with crazier conditions, they were like, hold up. This guy might not be dead. Actually? That's nuts. Are there any crazy um, adrenaline junkies out there who have recreated the conditions and and attempted it themselves? I don't know. I hope so. I mean, he's such a big, like, this is a big story. There has to be someone who was like, we're going to recreate the D.B. Cooper thing. Some like paratrooper guy? (laughs) Yeah. There absolutely has to be. Yeah, they probably did it for like some Discovery Channel, like the real story of D.B. Cooper. But yeah, so there was uh, specifically, it was all 727s, the same planes. And there was dudes who jumped out in just like trousers, a shirt, cowboy boots, and landed in freezing January over northern Colorado. Landed in the snow, completely fine. We're arrested, but we're completely fine. Well, the snow, I mean, that's a lot softer than a bunch of trees. Yeah, rather it's true. Snow. But it was also mm-hmm. it was also snowing when DB Cooper jumped out, and it snowed the next day, like I think it's twenty seven inches. So, oh. wow! If he didn't make it to safety by then, he was probably a frozen popsicle. No, no, he was long gone by then. So they <laughs> initially Cooper. Go for it. Uh, I got nothing. Oh, oh. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So initially, he was charged uh, with, you know, obviously Dan Cooper was charged. Fake name, obviously. He was charged with air piracy, but. After a certain amount of time, like air piracy has a statute of limitations, kind of like every crime. Like after a certain amount of time, you can't be tried for it. So they changed it to be a violation of the Hobbs Act, which has something to do with extortion, and it has no statute of limitations. So even That's if they shady. caught somebody, mm. yeah, if somebody somebody could, gets caught today, they could still be they could still be charged for that crime fifty years ago. Huh. It's fucking nuts. So there were a few suspects and a few theories. We're going to go over a few of them, and you get to tell me what you think. Well, the first guy, this guy's name is Richard Floyd McCoy. Great name. 
I think that's a good that's a good criminal name. That's a good it boxer sort of rhymes. name. It is also a good boxer name. It's a real top-notch name. I would, if I, you introduce me to a guy who is named, would you say Richard Floyd McCoy? Richard <laughs> Floyd McCoy. What a name. I would, dude, I'd be chewing on that name all night. Like, I'd just be, like, walking around the house, be like, Richard Floyd McCoy. Richard you would never Floyd not McCoy. say the three. Richard like, There's Richard yeah, Floyd McCoy. There's Richard Floyd McCoy. It's the Floyd McCoy. Like, Richard McCoy, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. But Richard Floyd McCoy, it's like, oh, fuck, that's the coolest man I've ever met. <laughs> he was he was a, sub, a suspect because four and a half months later, he pulled a heist. He hijacked a Boeing 727. He requested wow. parachutes. He requested four parachutes. He was completely calm during the heist. He passed a note about the bomb to the stewardess. And both notes from D.B. Cooper and McCoy had the term, in quotes, no funny stuff. Uh, no funny stuff, see? No funny stuff, no see? Funny stuff. Hey, I'm Richard Floyd McCoy, and I say no <laughs> funny stuff. I, I assume that's exactly <laughs> what he sounded like. The, the FBI immediately was like, okay, this motherfucker. So he gets caught for, you know, sky piracy. Yeah, Skyracy. <laughs> I got it. I got there eventually. The only reason that he was dropped as a suspect in the D.B. Cooper case was because the description didn't match close enough to what the witnesses said. So the, they even showed the flight attendant in his picture, and they're like, that was not him. However, he did a great job recreating it four and a half months later. But also, <laughs> man, four and a half months, bro. Like, let it, let it cool off. Yeah. You know, they probably, like, got, like, obviously they didn't do anything security-wise, but maybe the after stuff, they're like, oh, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll find out how to find a parachuting man easier. <laughs> yeah, the next time this happens, we'll make sure to do this thing. Yeah. So I'm not the cop, he never, I don't know. <laughs> he never claimed to be D.B. Cooper from, uh, from anything that I've read. Uh, he got incarcer uh, incarcerated at the Federal Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania for 45 years. Hmm. Whoa. Wow. Actually, well, that's what he was sentenced to. However, he used his access to the prison's dental office to make a fake handgun out of dental paste. Him and three other guys broke out of that prison two years later in 1974. Wait, he was like two years into his 45 year run. He's like, fuck no. This guy's out. awesome. He's pretty fucking cool. Gotta be. Floyd. Like reading, reading about all these old guys, like all these old, these old, you know, heist people. It's pretty fucking cool. I know they're criminals and everything, but like you said about the whalers thing, there's a romanticism about it. Yeah. But you know, this makes sense. It's not like whaling. What happened to RFM <laughs> after he bust out of prison? So he busts out of prison. Oh, he took a garbage truck with those four guys and crashed it through the prison's gate. Nice. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Fucking dope as shit. I wish I could have seen that. And then um, two of the guys he was with were captured three days later following a shootout after a bank robbery. So two of those guys were like, let's go rob a bank immediately. Floyd McCoy and another guy were like, fuck no, let's I chill. only rob airplanes. Yeah. Uh, but three <laughs> months later, the FBI actually located McCoy. He was in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And they were, they found his house or the house he was staying in or something. They were there when he came home and tried to surprise him. And there was three FBI agents sitting in his living room when he walked in. He did not like this, immediately pulled out a gun and tried to fire at them. Oh. <laughs> they obviously fired back and they killed the shit out of him. Oh, uh, damn. Went on a blaze and of then, glory. Yeah, they, he died there. And then his other buddy that, that was with him, he tried to get away, but he was caught. Rough. So, Rough end yeah. for Floyd for McCoy. Boy. 
you know what? He he did successfully rob a plane. He got caught, but he did do it. He landed on the ground. He did it. But he never once claimed to be D.B. Cooper. Or a wise man. <laughs> However, just because Throwing you don't claim to man doesn't scheming. mean that... He, <laughs> just, just stop it. <laughs> so, this yeah, just because he never claimed to, though... This Maybe is he how just didn't want to you be charged for that crime. me of D.B. Cooper. <laughs> I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I buy it. I don't know either, especially since they showed the flight attendants' pictures. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So we, that moves us on to suspect number two. There's a guy named Dwayne Weber. He claimed to be D.B. Cooper on his deathbed. Mm. I don't Very interesting. <laughs> I don't buy it. This sounds so like... His, his wife, Joe, stated that he pulled her in really close on his deathbed. He said, I have a secret to tell you. I'm Dan Cooper. He didn't say DB. He said Dan Cooper. Apparently, this name meant absolutely nothing to her. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. She's like, Bill, are you, are you okay? She's like, uh, uh, d- like oh, Dwayne. That was like, his name. Dwayne, are you? Uh, what? <laughs> Who's Dan <Okay>. Cooper? <laughs> So uh, she told her friend a few months later uh, that he said that. And the friend was like, what? Like the, the famous hijacker guy? Like, that's fucking awesome. So she went to her library to research him. She found a book by Max Gunther, who wrote all about it, and discovered notations in the margins in her husband's handwriting after mm. he passed away. Hmm. That's interesting. Yes. What did they uh, say? Apparently... No idea. Did not get that information. Can you imagine but, having to go to a library to learn anything? Oh my God, I'd be so stupid all the time. Dude, awful. That's why like people were like easily tricked back then. Yeah, I mean, you could be, that's, that's like why they, uh, in, that's why Guinness started the world record book, right? It was because people were just like having all these conversations in bars and just bullshitting each other. And mm-hmm. then the guinness company was like oh we'll make a book with all the world records in it so that every bar can have a copy of this and then people won't like people will actually know who is the fattest man in the world <laughs> really important yeah, like have you met all the fattest people in the world or is it just like you met just a fat guy and you're like all right you're it yeah hey, yeah just back in the day you could just say anything to anybody and it would be days they before you. they could figure out if you were wrong or not yeah, they would 100% believe you because there is literally no way for them to confirm it. So this guy also apparently was known for drinking bourbon and chain Ooh. smoking. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier, Dan Cooper on the plane, he had a decent amount of cigarettes. What about D.B. Cooper, though? D.B. Cooper as well. A decent amount of cigarettes on the Ooh. plane Okay, okay. as he was doing the heist. This leads us to a very odd part of this story that uh, I don't know if you guys know about. So... On, in 1979, Dwayne Weber and his wife, Joe, took a trip to Seattle, and they were on... Oh fuck, what's the river called? I don't know. They were the near Nile. a river. So in 1979, his <laughs> wife remembered him throwing a trash bag just upstream of an area called Tina Bar, which is just... A, it was like a little exit point for a river that went to a just big river. throwing a Seattle. trash bag in the river? Just throwing a trash bag in the river. Wow, this dude's a scumbag. Just fucking throwing sketchy. trash bags in the river. In Littering 19, asshole. In 1980, an eight-year-old was vacationing with his family. His name was Brian Ingram on the Columbia River. That's what it was. That uh, also known as the beachfront known as Tina Bar. 
it's what's it nine miles it says here from vancouver washington as he was raking in the the uh the sand they were going to make a campfire he uncovered three packets of twenty dollar bills totaling five thousand eight hundred dollars the bills were disintegrated from exposure you know to water and sand Mm -hmm. and stuff but they were still in the rubber bands and the fbi confirmed that that money was indeed part of the money given to db cooper oh interesting so this was in 1980, and apparently in 1979, Dwayne Weber and his wife were there just upstream from that place, and he threw a bag of trash into that same river. Why is he throwing away the money? I feel like it was so no easy to money launder in the 70s. Idea. Yeah. yeah, no idea. So why would he throw away that money? What would be the point to throw away six grand of it in a river? Six, you know, what were the cops? On? Did he eight like, years think later that the fuzz was onto him? No idea. Or did so he that, want to leave that life behind? Yeah, and that raises a lot of questions. This I'm trying to put my mind. If if he was DB Cooper, why the fuck would you do that? You you're you're good. This is eight years later. You you're you've got away with it. You're done. What is what would be the point of that? The only if reason I can think of is if he was like. If it was like one of those like personal reckoning moments where he's like ashamed of his past actions and wants to reckoning. become a new person. <laughs> oh God, Bane's what did you say? <laughs> reckoning. I did it in a Bane impression though. <laughs> reckoning, you sorry. Or he it's very similar to the uh, to the intro of to Bane's intro. You know, parachuting out of a plane. Perhaps you're wondering why they would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> so what you're back, saying baby. is D.B. Cooper is Bane. Bane is D.B. Cooper. That Bane Cooper. If they thought the cops were onto him and he didn't want to get caught with the money. I don't know. It's from, from everything that I've read, the cops have literally never been close. Like they had, they had over, over a thousand suspects and not one of them they were able to pin this on. Yeah, and the only reason we know this guy is because he confessed on his deathbed, so. So, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So, no one thought before that at all. Did you ever, what if he was, um, after he died, did they find any carved wooden feet in his shed? <laughs> <laughs> Call back, previous episode. Please listen. The bills were really deteriorated, though, and so they went to 1979, and the bills were found in 1980, and um, scientists were believed that the the bills... They couldn't have been there for only a year with the amount of deterioration that they had. That was so my first believed, question was yeah. like, so they, when they look at it, how long had they been in the water? Yeah. So they think that the bills were there anytime, like after 1974, which is a couple of years after the hijacking app. But obviously before Dwayne and his wife, Joe went to that place. So scientists were like, nah, it's probably not you. So they never really went after Joe or Dwayne. what if he knew dan cooper like he was a friend of his and so like he went to the he went to that location to like check on stuff and he knew that dan had put the stuff there or he was like a real like cooper head and was like researching the case on his own and he was like trying to like track the case or something i don't know maybe i don't know maybe he was just a litterer who liked to lie yeah (laughs) yeah some people just suck I'm going to go to this place for the, my D.B. Cooper trip. And while I'm there, I'm just going to litter a little. So there's another guy named Robert Rackstraw. He was one of the main suspects for a while in the I'm 70s. I'm sorry. Say that again. Robert <laughs> Rackstraw. Oh. He was a, 
Uh, he was in the Army. He was in Vietnam. He was known for being an awesome pilot. He knew a lot about plane stuff. After Vietnam, he was very big in the uh, in being a con man. It was actually Classic. some of the things he did was really <laughs> fucked up. Got to be honest. I'm not going to talk about those things, though, because this guy was not he, he was not a, a model human for a while there. But some of the things he did was like he would trick people. Once I heard a story about he told his friends that he was um, he was in the Playboy Club in L.A. <laughs> he said he and his friends got in a car. They drove to the Playboy Club and he was wearing a a uh, jacket with like flight wings on it like he was a pilot. Apparently, he called the club on the way there and said that Governor Ronald Reagan's personal flight or pilot was coming in and to give him, you know, give him the bells and whistles and show him a good time. So he himself called the, the club okay. and did that. And they showed up and they're like, come on in, sir. And he even gave him like his last name, Rag- Ragstraw. They're like, come in, Mr. Ragstraw. And that's the guy he was. He would trick people all the time <laughs> and get whatever he wanted. So he was a really big suspect for a while. However, they, they, they cut him off. The FBI cut him off because he was 20 years younger than what they described TV Cooper was from the flight attendant. However, he was a very, uh, there's a lot of stuff on him. I'm not going to go too far into it because we're getting kind of the end here, but there was a lot of stuff on his end too, or made him seem like it, but they were really never able to get, check all the boxes. You know what I mean? Like one guy was, one guy was too young. One guy didn't look like him. One guy gave weird, weird, you know, weird timelines. Like nothing was ever boom, 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 boom. No, no smoking gun. We got him. No smoking gun. Uh, one last guy, his name is Kenneth, Kenneth Christensen. This is all the way in 2003. A guy was watching Unsolved Mysteries, and Great he show. became convinced that his late brother, who passed away in 1994, was D.B. Cooper. And he tracked down the guy who made the, um, the Unsolved Mysteries. He contacted a private investigator. He said that his brother was definitely the hijacker. He had all the skills. He had all the evidence. And on his deathbed, his brother said, I have a secret to tell you, but I can't. And then died. Oh my God, oh my God. what a dick. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> but he was, he, was a, uh, he was a flight attendant. He, was a, he worked for the airline uh, Northwest Air Orient at the time that then became Delta later on. He worked for that same airline that was hijacked and he was based in Seattle. And he was also like in the army and did flight jumping and stuff. So this is another one where they he also had a fondness for bourbon he um it was really interesting this one was too because like it was all it was checking a lot of the boxes but eventually the fbi um they stood by the position he's not a prime suspect they said it uh again poor match to eyewitness physical descriptions it's not gonna work could he have been you know wearing makeup dyed his hair a wig who knows hmm Hmm. What do you think? Hmm. I think it was Floyd McCoy because he has the coolest name. <laughs> so there's one more theory that I want to hit you guys with that I, I don't think you guys know because this is relatively new. Did you know that Dan Cooper is the name of a French Canadian comic book hero? Really? Yes. Dan Cooper is a pilot. It was written all in French. And it was, it was only in uh, Canada, in French Canada. He was a suave, well-dressed, handsome man who frequently parachuted out of airplanes, <laughs> constantly was oh doing God. cool shit like that. And his name was Dan Cooper. 
very popular in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s in French, Can- in French Canada. Oh so, my gosh. At the time... So it's a Canadian. There's a weird moment, I guess, in the 70s. I didn't really know about this, about, about this in Canada, where they were trying to distance themselves from the U.S. when it came to defense stuff. So if the U.S. would have came to them and said, hey, can we investigate a guy in Canada? They would have shut it down. They would have been like, no. You go your way, we go our way. It's completely fine. However, there was a story, a specific story, of one of the, uh, one of the Dan Cooper comic books with him being on a 727, dressed to the nines in the exact same way that D.B. Cooper was. He held a briefcase with him, and he parachuted out of that same 727 that left out of Seattle. Whoa. Now, I don't think he was the... Dan, I don't think Dan Cooper was the person stealing money in this thing, but there's a lot of boxes from similarities from the comic book to the actual story that happened. And there's a few Canadian people that were talked to, like defense ministers that said, holy shit. Like they immediately, when they, when they heard the story, they're like, Dan Cooper, wait, he jumped out of a 727? This Dan Cooper does this. <laughs> That's really funny. You know, it's interesting because... When you were talking before and you said, he said, I want to go to Mexico. I was like, well, why wouldn't you want to go to Canada? Because so much closer. It's so much closer. Yeah. But if he was Canadian, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't be like, and hey, let's go to my home country, eh? He requested negligible American currency. If you're an American, why would oh, you request American currency? He used those exact words. Ah, mm. he's if Canadian. America, why would you be like, give me American dollars? I don't know. He's also the kind of guy to say no funny stuff. No, no funny stuff. Funny stuff. <laughs> so, Although that's and, a very uh, Canadian phrase, I think. Hey, no funny stuff, bud. Hey, no funny <laughs> stuff there, bud. Hey, get out of here, you hoser. Hey, hey, bud. Hey, give me the maple syrup and some American dollars, bud. Give me some American <laughs> dollars and a bourbon and no one gets hurt, eh? Oh, yeah. Who knows? There, from my understanding, I don't know if there's any, ever been any Canadian suspects in this story just because of the timeline and the political stand that like the world was in at that point. So he could have just jumped off, he and his cronies, if he did have any help, drove right across the border, none the wiser, you're done. Done, son. And the name Dan Cooper makes so much sense. I can't believe he's Canadian. He, uh, that's, if I had, if I, like, if you're th- asking me to throw my money in the ring, that's mine. This is me just too. proof that, that uh, Frederick Wortham was right and comic books cause violence. <laughs> So I, I know that story was known for a long time. Again, the only story that is actually known is the story that happened. The guy got on the plane, he got the money, he jumped off. Boom. That's it. And the after effect, the boom, the amount of people that have claimed to be D.B. Cooper is astounding. I am D.B. Cooper. There's I'm so many D. people. I'm D.B. Cooper. I'm Spotacus. I'm Dan. I'm, I'm Dirty, Dirty Dan. Dan. <laughs> Dirty Dan yeah, the, Cooper. The amount of people on their deathbeds that have claimed to be D.B. Cooper is astounding. To the point where if everyone is D.B. Cooper, no one is D.B. Cooper. His name was Robert Paulson. His name Were there more, are there more Dan people Cooper. who claim to be Dan Cooper on their deathbed oh, than people who so claim many. to be Bigfoot on their deathbed? So many. So, so many. There was even a suspect who was the first recorded trans person to have gender reassignment surgery in Washington state that claimed to be D.B. Cooper and said that it was the ultimate disguise to change genders after the fact. Wow. That's, but then that's she, hardcore. 
she rescinded her her claims though after they told her that it was covered under the Hobbs Act and she could go to jail. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, oh, no, I can go to jail for this. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> but there are also a couple people who tried to like you know they tried to quote sell the story of DB Cooper uh, claiming to be him. And then they got arrested and were like, fuck, <laughs> we're not D.B. Cooper. Like they, <laughs> if you're going to sell a story, why would you pretend to be a wanted criminal? So, yeah, there's a lot of people who, who claim to be him, who still claim to be him. But also, if you think about it, they said he was 40 years old. At least that's what the flight attendant said, was this man is 40 years old. This was 53 years ago. If so that man is still alive, anyway. he's 90, what, 93? He's still if jumping he was out 40. of planes, man. That free healthcare in Canada. That's true. You can't if he smoked as much as he did, you can't. You can't coop the coop. Can't poop the coop. I don't know. <laughs> and if nope, they made the, the if they made a note to say he was smoking a lot in the sixties. Oh yeah, early seventies. But yeah, early seventies. Oh, my bad. If you're smoking Still? that much back then, like enough that people are like, hey, that guy's kind of smoking a lot. Like that's <laughs> you know. <laughs> or Occam's razor. Dude didn't see the ground coming, and he is just somewhere in the woods buried. I hope that's not yeah. true. He's Bigfoot shit. He may have been stolen by a Bigfoot family, taken to a cave, and now lives with them. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and they, he gave family. them his cigarettes. Please listen. <laughs> he has a half Bigfoot baby. <laughs> oh, that's, Named, what the, that's what the um, B is for B, DB. BG B Fooper, the big... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> big it, footer it, it's Dan no Bigfoot. no his, his Dan, Dan footer Cooper. Dan Bigfoot Cooper that's what it is. oh my god it all makes sense now so yeah that's there's there's a lot more there's a there's a a documentary I watched last night on him on Netflix that came out last year that covered a lot of this but also a lot more of this obviously I can't just smash this into an hour but honestly that documentary made me feel kind of sad because it turned into like a private investigator just hounding that the the um what's the, the third guy i told you about um what's his name ken kenneth something uh no robert rackstraw oh he, he was he was like he was like there's videos of him going up to this guy and like hounding him this is like an old man like you know he's like struggling and is like <laughs> people are yelling at him and shit it made me feel really uncomfortable oh. and it also turned into like a conspiracy theory, theory thing at the end of it like not by the people who made it but the but what the people who like you know they were recording the guy who was saying all this shit and even people in that documentary were like yeah that guy's fucking nuts it's a, it's definitely turned into a conspiracy theory sort of thing Again, Occam's razor, simplest solution. Dude's already dead. He splatted on the ground. Or he's 90-something years old, and he smoked heavily. He's dead, too. I so. think that he's a healthy as an ox, 90-year-old, putting around in Quebec somewhere, and he doesn't have any of the money left because of inflation. He's one of those people where he smoked so much at such a young age that like his lungs are like coated in that like, they a need protective, it to live. It's like a protective shellac. In his like alveoli, and he's just like walking around smoking, like double neck. <laughs> I am Dan Cooper. Also, although I think if he had a, an accent like that, the flight attendant would have been like, uh, <laughs> like "Yeah, I have the bomb in here." <laughs> he just doesn't Give me care a dollars. I don't know what the fuck that was. That was not a good accent. <laughs> Either way, so that's where I'm going to cut the story off. Could be a guy in Canada, which I really think that's the I hope it's a Canadian. That's what I, he that's could what be, I hope. He could be pancaked on the ground like a pancake person. Could, could be Zach. 
Could be Zach. It could be Bigfoot. Could be one of the four people I mentioned. It could be one of the thousand other people that the Zach, FBI interviewed. Why oh aren't you God. sharing your money with me? We're married. It, it burned in the. It burned. I'm keeping it for a surprise for our 50th anniversary. Oh. He's going to throw it in a river. They in do front say of the you. 50th anniversary is the DB Cooper anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what's uh, what's your favorite thing you guys learned? Ash, go ahead. That it's that is that Dan, that Dan Cooper is a is a, a, a comic book. That's amazing. That's so cool. It's so yeah, that part's cool. really cool. Zach, what about you? Uh, my favorite part is the no funny stuff. No funny stuff. <laughs> and the Floyd McCoy guy, apparently. Yeah, and the Floyd McCoy guy. And the spilling the drink. That, yeah, that is <laughs> He's funny. He's just nervous. Like, <laughs> I, I'm still convinced that it was a ruse. He was like, I'm going to spill this drink, and they're going to think I'm a buffoon, and then I'm really going to show them. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. Uh, Bo, what, what was your favorite thing? I didn't like the episode, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate honesty over anything else. Okay, wait, well, it's, it, uh, D, DB Cooper stands for Dan Bo Cooper. Are you back in? I'm back. Fuck it. That's my favorite oh, part about this episode. That. He loves it. All right, Ash, take us out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Get Dumped On, an Info Dump podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Andrew regale us with the tale of the enigmatic DB Cooper. Um, if you like this episode, go back, listen to some other ones, uh, like us on the social medias, get dumped on pod on Instagram. Zach really wants an email. Shh, thanks, Justin, for sending an email. That was really kind of you, bud. Oh, Can Justin sent one? Yeah, we got one email from Justin. Oh, friend, shit. Friend of the pod. Um, yeah, what, what, what did he send? Was it what I requested? It was, no, yeah, it, was, a, it was, it was, it was a picture of his load. Nice. It wasn't. Don't send oh, us Jesus that. Christ. That is a crime, actually. I'm pretty sure that's no, a real crime, and you can't be convicted for it. I'm, I'm asking for it, so it's not. Just no, please sure put that in the subject headliner. No. Load. No. No. Take us and, Get us out of here. And with that, <laughs> I hope you have a good day wherever you are. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Ash and Zach are super smart. They went to college and learned a bunch of stuff. And Bo and Andrew didn't go to college because that's the way life goes sometimes. What happens when you put them together and you try to make them learn? Grab your friends, let's listen together on Get Dumped On an Info Dump Podcast. We'll see you in Canada with two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Hey. Give me some American Ooh. money. American fragrance. <laughs>